Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Gibberish, or do you really know what you're talking about? I, I do apologise for this one, Ian. What have I done? I kept thinking towards the end of this tale. Yeah, I, because I, I, I've watched this. I watched it when it was on, and I remember thinking, or my memory of watching it when it was on was, eh, it's not the best of stories, but it's all right. It's all right. And then, I, I must have watched it at least once on DVD, but I can't remember. And I came to it thinking, I knew. It's like I, I know there's you know three green creatures and I remember there's lots of dancing and that in it, and then sat and watched it and I, I was like I felt my my jaw just getting lower and lower and lower. Um, oh dear. Hmm. Yeah, I think. Well, it? well, uh, well, I don't know because I I've never no, seen it, true. so I, I. Yeah, it may have been crap even in the eighties. Yes. I think if I had watched it, you you know I wasn't pleased by Peter Davison being chosen after my beloved Tom even yeah. though you know the last season or two you know were, the quality had gone downhill and I don't think if I had watched this this would have actually en enamoured me uh, to the new Doctor No, I, I mean it, because I, I didn't watch season 18 other than Legopolis I think I've said before um, so I didn't really see Tom in his subdued phase so I, I sort of came to Peter Davison direct from memories of, of Tom at his most uh, how can I put it comedy based so I thought I, I thought when Peter Davison said oh breath of fresh air they're finally taking it seriously but it sort of feels they, they veered much too far in the opposite direction because this this is just po-faced nonsense isn't it really well it's it's, it's an odd, odd one this yeah. in that like I say, I didn't know anything about it, and actually, thinking about it, I quite enjoyed episode one, um, but uh, then it all sorted, sort of like slid away, and uh, yeah, it, like, like like you, the jaw got slowly yeah. more and more. It's a, it's a weird open. one as well, because it's, it's like one of those films that you remember... you remember watching, but you can't really remember what it's about, and you think, it couldn't have been that bad, it couldn't have been that boring and you watch it again and it is, but then ten minutes later you're going, what happened in that film? Well this is why we write notes isn't it? Yeah, oh <laughs> definitely, I've made I mean, I think I've made the most notes I've ever made for one. Uh, there's nothing to grasp onto is there, it's like you're you're watching it and you're thinking I've, I've, oh, okay, I've got the plot, oh no, no I haven't got the plot, it's gone. Yeah, it's so weird, it's like a, a random collection of, of thoughts that someone's written down with the idea that Okay, we'll we'll take all this random collection of thoughts and turn them into a script, and then not having the time to do it, and just handing in their notes. Well, like I say, I wrote notes, and with all stories, you know, that I'm watching for the first time, um, I, I I wrote as I watched. Yeah. So so I'll read those out, and then we'll just okay. go from that. Then yeah, all let's, right. Let's go through the story via your notes. 
Here we are. At last. Welcome. I am Monarch. You look as if you might be. And this is Enlightenment. Enlightenment, how do you do? How do you do? And this is Persuasion. Friendly, I hope. And you are? I'm the doctor. A doctor? Of what? Of everything. How modest. An earthling. A Gallifreyan. Tegan is an earthling, Adric is an Alzerian, and Nyssa there is from Trakan. You come in peace? Of course. And inadvertently, as a matter of fact. The control, release full life support atmosphere, please. Remove your encumbrances. Thank you. May I ask who you are? I am the supreme leader of the people of Abanka in the solar system of Enokshi in the galaxy RE1489. Goodness me, you are a long way from home. As indeed are you. You must be tired. Uh, control, refreshments for our guests. You're very kind. I am merely civilized. Is that what the best-dressed earthling women are wearing these days? These days? It's two and a half thousand years since we were last there. Two thousand five hundred years? Yes, our planets are rather far apart. We come as often as we can. All right, so my, my first note, it says, ribbed but featureless spaceship, followed by, oh dear, Star Wars rip-off shot. Yes, the spaceship is ribbed for your pleasure, isn't it? Well, um, they thought it, it would be. Yeah, it's um, it's typical sort of BBC style of because it, it as it went past, I thought because you get that you get that yeah you get this, the the star destroyer shot, and then you also get one that's very very reminiscent of the Nostromo going past, you know, sideways, and you're I, I was thinking, sort of why does the Nostromo shot work and this doesn't? And I think it's all down to scale and detail isn't it this is this is like a bare model that they they would get again they were going to send to the model shop to get detailed and they thought ah oh, we, we haven't got the money for that just leave it on it's um it's just lacking in in detail isn't it it it's, makes you wonder i mean apparently that's what happened when the liberator arrived at the yes, bbc yeah. and that's when they roped in martin bauer because Thank he had this history martin, of yeah. super detailing and look at the difference you know yeah, yeah. There, there apart from the engines there's nothing you've just got this ribbon haven't you there's yeah, no it's, there's it's no like greeblies or anything yeah half half circular sprue that they've stuck over everything but there's nothing no details no windows no no weathering doors no weathering yeah it's, it's a very Bland. Strange design, yeah, very bland. In fact, that yeah, that probably sums up this entire story is blandness, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's it, and it's it's not badly filmed. It just seems it's a bit of a waste of time. Mm. You know, they've not put much effort in. Nope. All right. Well, we also at that point that's when the TARDIS arrives in this yes. big room of uh, technology, and uh, we get a date for our little thing on Facebook, don't we? It's it's yes. February nineteen eighty one. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, they're, they're trying to return Tegan again, aren't they? Now this is, so one of the big, big plus points, I think, for this story is the the sets, what they're, what they're on. They're really good. The sets are really, they're, they're, they're busy, they look big. Um, they've sort of gone with the, well, let's only have three sets and so make a massive type thing. But the, yeah, the sets look good. And, and you know, my initial thoughts... On what, like you go, oh, this this could be a good one. This could be a good one. This looks 
This looks like they put a bit of money into it. Perhaps that's why the spaceship's crap. They've spent the money on the sets. Um, but then we, uh, yeah, we get we get the <laughs> interior TARDIS scenes. Mm. Now, you said that this was the very first uh, yes. Peter yeah. Davison filmed, and I think that explains well. his his personality, at least at the, in this first couple of episodes, is completely yeah. different to how I remember Fifth Doctor. It is. It's completely to anything else he does as the Fifth But Doctor I really well. like him in this first episode yeah. because he's serious. Okay, he's smiling a bit as he's looking at the technology and he does a little cheeky wave to the, the black ball. But I much prefer him like this. Yeah, it's, it's really weird because he's, he's almost... He's almost playing it as almost Tristan Farnham to start with. You can mm. see, you can see why that was sort of the newspapers' cry at the time. It's like it's Tristan Farnham in space, and he's he's playing it so he's he's serious. He's not not particularly hesitant that he gets later on, and he's he's making sort of joke, not 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 sort of jokes as far as like mugging or anything like that, but he's making. He's saying funny lines as a normal person would. He's quite sarcastic. He's making, you know, he sees something and makes a comment. And he's, he's in, interested in everything. He comes out and he's looking at everything. And he's like, ooh, ah. He's, he's, yeah, they, it's a nice portrayal, these first two episodes. And then it switches off completely. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm quite enjoying it. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not enjoying Tegan. I remember Tegan being oh. a bit grating. And here she is. She wants to get back to work. She's actually going to s- step out of the TARDIS and get on board a plane and go back to work immediately. Well, I, I, uh, I rather like, I rather like the juxtaposition between this and the most recent New Who episode. So in the most recent New episode, which was the, the New Year special, so Captain Jack is saying, once you've travelled on the TARDIS, it never leaves you. You'll, you'll, you'll lust after it. You'll go, you'll chase across the universe to get back <laughs> on the Tegan, oh, I go back to work. Yes. I'm bored. <laughs> um, She's she's really great in in this, and her outfits um, rubbish as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all the, to be fair, all the outfits are not great, apart from Peter Davison's in this. Um, yeah, Tegan is. It, it, she she hasn't doesn't seem to have any of the uh, any of the quirks or the likability that she later gets. No, here she's um, just grating, isn't she? She's just annoying. It's like what, you'd think the Doctor would just push her out the door and take off and go hard oh, to leave her anyway. Yeah. Um, but then we also get we get to Nissa. I, I sort of always had a soft spot for Nissa, um, and she's I think she's by far of, of the, the three companions. She's by far the least irritating. Um, but in this, she's she's sort of playing it weirdly like Adric's older sister, mm. which is, is strange because she's you know she's meant to be a genius. Um, and then we get we we see Adric again. Oh boy. Oh, oh dear. Am, am I am I am I being hyperbolic here to say that he's the worst, the worst portrayed, worst acted, and worst written companion in the history of the show? Well, in classic Who, I would say yes. There, I, for me, there's some contenders in New Who, but oh boy, he is everything I remember him being, yes. and he is one of the factors that put me off of the the last yeah. you know tom baker stories i mean last week right we had you know uh, leela yeah. as the companion and if, if you think of a you know a jerry anderson comparison 
Leela compares to like you know uh, a Scott Tracy or a Captain Scarlet. Adric yeah. is Joe Ninety because he's just yes. a bloody SWAT, isn't yeah. he? Well, I, I, do you know? I was think, I was literally thinking I was putting the bins out tonight, and I was looking down at like the congealed rubbish on the bin. Like I thought of Adric, <laughs> and I I thought that very thing. I thought this is weird. We've gone in one week. We've gone from the superlative Leela to Adric, mm-hmm. um, and I I know there's sort of you get Adric supporters and they go oh you just don't like him you know because he's a young character you just don't like him because of this or that I just I don't like him because he's he's the characters scantily written as all of the companions are um and he, Matthew Wardhouse just at that at that point couldn't act nope. he's he's reading his lines I mean, there's one scene where he has all he has to do is walk down a corridor, and he he does it like a two-year-old would in a school play. Yeah. I was like, oh no! And then yeah, he, and then we get the the thing where he's he's saying about women. He's like, women don't know maths. And I know he's meant to be great in. Um, and I I know what one of our listeners um, on Facebook said that uh, last week. Uh, 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 Deal or Adelaide or whatever the name was, um, was actually well acted because that's what they were aiming for, that the character should be annoying. I don't think you can say that. Here. I don't think Matthew Warthouse was told, make the character as annoying as you can. He went, oh, okay, I'll, I'll put my best acting chops on to make him an annoying idiot. I just, I, I, I don't know what appeal there was for bringing this character in other than a very uncharitable uh, thought that the producer wanted a, a young lad on the set, which is is horrendous if that is the case. Yeah, if that's the case, but what if it's yeah. something not too dissimilar and much like Joe 90? Joe 90 was, we'll have a character that the viewers can relate to. Maybe the intention of Adric was to have a boy of a rough age that a lot of the viewers were, that you would identify with Adric, but he's just such an annoying who's who's identifying with him well no one but maybe the intention was to do that let's have a teenage boy in there because teenage boys can pretend that they or think that that is them with the doctor do you think they go oh I wish I was Adric nobody ever thought that (laughs) I don't think even Matthew Waterhouse thinks that these days I don't think so what was weird though is in in Adric's first story where the character sort of works because obviously he was written for it state not state okay um full circle and Adric's brother that dies in that the actor's really good and he's sort of similar sort of age. I thought why didn't they just keep him on mm. <laughs> you know, mm. perhaps he didn't want to do it but yeah Ad- Adric is um, in a story of many low points uh, I think Ad- Adric might be the worst point in this story well we'll we'll move through it sure, one yeah, by we, one we, we may come to worse yes so, my, my next thing that I wrote yeah. is that crash helmet Exclamation mark! <laughs> this is the one with a cricket ball. Yeah. Um, so you remember? So you had you seen it, or is this from no? No, no. I've seen a documentary yeah. where you got Peter Davison wearing that helmet, doing that yeah. thing with throwing the cricket ball in space, and it's like, aha! So we're in that story now, are we? Yes. The space helmets annoy me because a they look incredibly cheap, uh, and b the, these are these are the modern equivalent of the atmosphere density jacket from. The web planet, isn't it? It's like mm. we'll introduce something and never reference it ever again. No. 
No, they never were seen again. No. Um, I just don't understand how they work. Do they squirt air into your face then? Is that how it works? I, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, now you could sort, you could probably, you could get away with a few lines where it says, "Oh, it, it projects a shield around the body." But back then, of course, there was no concept of stuff like that, really. So it just, it doesn't work at all, does it? I nope. mean, later on, we we get to see a full spacesuit, and then at one point they put just the helmet on Peter Davison, and it works as a spacesuit. So what's the point of having the rest of it? Yep. Why bother getting into that? Or is it because he's a time lord? Yeah, no, he says he can survive in space for six minutes six as minutes. long as he's got air. Adric can't. That's why Adric has to put the space yeah. suit on. What happens at five and a half minutes? <laughs> is he all right at five and a half minutes? Very strange. Very strange. Um, the next thing I've got is a big black ball floating in the air. Dave yes. Gibbons, fifth doctor. And it did. It reminded me an awful lot of oh, yeah, your, right, your, you yeah. know, the Dave Gibbons uh, yeah. artwork. You would see a ball like that in the air. In fact, there was somebody... What was he called? Shade. Was a character, yeah. Shade, yeah. So he was a character, and then he ended up getting a body to go with his big ball. Yes. Um, but yeah, very, very similar. It's sort of... I, I mean, it's bad CSO, but it, it sort of works. I'm okay. Yeah, and no. What, what did I, they call them? Not monopticons? Yeah, no, it is. Monopticon. Monopticon. Yeah. No, I like it. That, it's Panopticon. That's <laughs> right, yeah. But it's very well made. I like all the panel lines on it and everything. You know? Yeah, it works well. Although um, I wasn't entirely sure that that holding up a magnifying glass would uh, would confuse it. That seems bad technology to me. Uh, later on, we get that. Yeah, That's, they question what a, a magnifying glass is. It's yes. bloody obvious what a magnifying glass is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the doctor goes out and has a look around, and as yes. I say, he's interested in everything he's quite he excited. sees. Yeah, he's like, yeah. ah, yeah, uh, yes, yeah, nice, nice little performance here from Davison. He's one of the strong points, I think. Yeah, to begin story, with. To begin with, yeah. yeah. I by by episode three, he he had started his out of breath acting. I thought of you. No, I've I've, I've got it written it. down somewhere. Um, this episode yeah. one I watched about nearly a week ago. Um, right. So I'm reading these afresh after a week. So I don't know what's yeah. coming up every time I look the next bit. Um, but and then uh, we hear from our uh, we hear from our character. That's what I put. We hear Stratford John, who's seeing Stratford. what the ball sees. I would look. I quite like the, the the phraseology of of the lines. You know, I would look and stuff like this to begin with. But of course, yeah, he, we haven't met him yet. No. Well, he's um, he's one of those actors that no matter what what he was in, he's got such a nice voice and he puts a bit of effort in. Yeah, I like I like this sequence. I was a bit annoyed that. It's like, oh, the budget's running out already, so his computer panel that he's watching this on is just a still photo. Yes. Um, with an inlay of a computer. It's like, well, you couldn't even get a bit of film of that. Um, but, yeah, we get some we get some nice little sort of starting to starting to fill in to create a bit of mystery, um, which it, it does. Episode one, it starts off and you think, what's going on here? It's quite nicely Yeah, like I say, I, I like done, episode yeah. one. I, it's like, oh, I think I'm going to enjoy this story. Didn't last long, but... Um, no, didn't last long. There is also a, 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 a horrendous editing choice on this, and it reminded me a bit of um, Day of the Daleks. So uh, the monarch's looking at his CCTV, and then it cuts to the real life, and it's the same camera angle and mm. shot as the CCTV. Yep. And you're thinking, oh, hang on, 
where, where's this being filmed from then? Because yeah. it was meant to be the mon uh, Monopticon. Thing, Monopticon thing that's doing it, and that that's sort of in the shot. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, the the Doctor gives it a wave. He goes back in the TARDIS. We yes, have a scene oh, in the TARDIS. The Doctor gives Tegan the spare key to the TARDIS, yeah. which is just on a bit of string. It's just yeah, a box standard a key. key yeah, yeah, no, no, none of all this nonsense that no. came years later about being the, the, the TARDIS key and what it looked like. It's just a Yale key on yeah, a bit of just, string. Well, I mean, John Pertwee had a, a key specially made, um, which was shaped. But then throughout, um, throughout Tom Baker's, it was just a Yale key, wasn't it? Yeah. Just, yeah. just a standard Yale key, like it was in sort of Hartman and... Uh, Troughton. Uh, Troughton, right. yeah, yeah, but yeah. I do, and and there's no thought of, of um, like the TARDIS controls can only be operated by the Doctor or any of that nonsense here. Because at, at the beginning, Adric's doing the flying, isn't he? He's, mm -hmm. he's yep. controlling TARDIS, and then it's like, yeah, just, I'll, I'll give you a key to the TARDIS. Yeah, and and out they go, and they all look around, and Nissa knows, you know, what some of this highly advanced technology is, um, and the Doctor's trying to talk to the big eye. Yeah, we get we get a lot of techno babble in this story. We do, but but my what I've written down is why don't they just leave? There's no mystery yeah. and there's no reason to stay there. Why are they looking around? Well, there's there's I, I I thought it, and this is why I said it's it's quite hard hard trying to grasp what's going on in this, and it's not because it's very complex. It's because they seem to be leaving out major bits of of dialogue and scenes. So the doctor's talking about Tanis and saying. Oh, look at this piece of equipment. That would fix whatever it is in the TARDIS. Mm. But it's not really... It's not explained that that's where you stay in. You have to sort of piece it together. But yeah, so I I took from it that for some reason there's some un, undisclosed before this problem in the TARDIS. And this bit of equipment that they're making a lot of fuss over um, is to fix it. Mm. But by God, it doesn't, it doesn't make it easy to understand that. No. I don't. I mean, Tony Root, I know he was only a script editor for a very short period of time, but he's. I don't. Th I just don't think he's a great script editor. I mean, say what you like about Eric Saywood, than I have before, but he could. He could write dialogue that was sparkling. This is so. Yeah, it's just there's dull. no point. Mm. Of them being there, yeah. uh, the next thing is a thing I know that niggles you is when um, Tegan goes look. And then oh, the door yeah. opens. I wrote that written down, yeah. I, I hate this in films and TV. It happens all the time. Where people people are prescient about something that's about to happen. Yeah, she goes, look. And then it cuts up to the door and there's a couple of seconds. And then it starts to slide open. And it's a door. Oh. <laughs> well, they go through that door and there he is. There's our adversary um, sat there on his throne. He, go he goes, I am Monarch. And you've yep. also got enlightenment on one side and persuasion on the other side. All green. Um, enlightenment's makeup seems far more uh, like reptilian than persuasion. Yeah, She's got like so a slit of a mouth, hasn't she? Yeah, she, she doesn't seem to have as good a mask as the others. And I no. don't know whether it's because, you know, Stratford Johns was stayed in the makeup for the whole episode, and they were, you know, they were going off and having it removed. So perhaps it was just made simple, wasn't as glued down as well. Um, I do like this, these, this little introductory scene because, like the, I mean, the, he says, "I am monarch," and the Doctor says something like, "Well, of course you are." So sort of it's quite a nice little line. 
And then he says, uh, uh, this is persuasion. And Peter Davison says, friendly. Friendly, I, I hope. hope. Yeah, Brilliant. yeah, that's Love a good that. line. Yeah. Really good line. Um, and and these, are, it, it, these are really interesting sort of, they're having some nice dialogue. But again, why? Why? Like, they don't seem to express any surprise that these visitors are on their ship. The Doctor and gang express... It's like they're treating it as if they bumped into someone in Tesco. Yeah, yeah. There's no... Um, there's no shot, even from Tegan. So, at this point, I know, I, I was trying to think, who's Tegan met at this point? Um, so, she's been to Castrovalva, mm-hmm. the actress uh, and she met a couple of uh, Legopolis people. Yeah. So, this so is her is first met? proper, her proper first, aliens. Yeah. And she's like, hello. Yeah. I'll do you the drawing. Um, that annoys me as well, the fact that she's it's like, she's a good drawer, isn't she? She's a good artist. Oh, we're coming up to that. Yeah. But at, in this scene, you know, the, oh, friendly, I hope, and everything, I think Peter Davison yeah. is really good because he's all smiley, but yeah. he's serious at the same time, isn't he? No breathlessness, no fidgeting or anything like that. No, he's, he's really good. Um, uh, yeah, I wish he had played it the whole thing like he did this. I wonder at what point, you know, between episodes two and three, I wonder who he spoke to or what notes he was given to say, you know... Do it this don't, way. Don't, yeah, don't be so interesting, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, Monarch says he's the supreme leader yeah, of, of, the, of his people, yeah, and their planet the is from a different galaxy. Um, and uh, Enlightenment is interested in what Tegan is wearing. I think it's at that point. I'm going along with it. It's, I'm quite enjoying it. It's like, what? Why? Why? Why, why are you yeah. interested in what you're wearing? There's no there's no realism to any of this. Like I say, there's no surprise. And yeah, and so so they've... Because, I mean, it's, it's the whole thing is confusing as to the plot. But the, so they've travelled... They're, they're on their way from a banker. A banker, is it? A banker? Um, old from their planet, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're on their way from Old Holborn. Um, they've been travelling for two thousand years, two and a half years. thousand years, two and a half thousand years. That's it, because that, yeah, it, they say two and a half thousand years, and then they keep adding up two thousand years. But yeah, so two and a half, two and a half thousand years. They meet people from Earth. They go into Earth for reasons we sort of find out later. But yeah, the first thing they say is, well, "What's the fashion like?" So yeah, it's too, what, she actually says it's two two and a half thousand years since we were last yeah. there. What's what's the fashion these days? And that's when I'm going. What? Because <laughs> yeah. cause who would have been? Who was the last person they picked up? It wasn't um, bygone, was it? It was was it the Chinese? It might have been the Chinese guy. But so was was fashion big then? Because realistically, fashion has only existed since about 1850. Mm. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand any of this, to be fair. See, this is where, where when the warning bells started yeah, going yes. off in my head, and it's like, um, what? And you've got that stupid line. We've just said there was a good line from Peter yeah. Davison, but then the stupid line where the doctor's talking about how some Earthlings wear safety pins for earrings. Yeah, well, I put this in. It's like, oh, an early eighties punk reference. Everything added at this point, didn't yeah. it? They had to put it in. Yeah, make makes no sense. Exactly this yeah. time, you've got John Inman dressed yes, as a punk, yeah, and are you being served? And the goodies did punkarella, and yeah, it's this fascination with 
with punk, but why it it doesn't bring anything to the the episode, does it? It's not good. No, and it boy, it's dated yeah. it, hasn't it? You know. And she says yes, and then Tegan. So they say what a fashion's like, and Tegan immediately, rather than saying, you know, think she goes, oh, it's hard to describe. Have you got a piece of paper and the doctor hands her um, the a book and a pencil that will come in useful. <laughs> Yeah, and she starts to draw what is fashionable, you know. Well, what's fashionable in her neck of the woods? I mean, who's to say if they, you know, land in Mongolia, people aren't going to be dressed like, you know, what Enlightenment and Persuasion are going to end up looking like? I I wonder if if they, if this wasn't the trip where they were going to try and conquer the earth and they were going to go back and they took, took like people from now or from 1980. So you know when they they're having their recreation period and it's all the traditional stuff. Does that mean that when they were going back, there would have been like a Spandau Ballet tribute act or something? Maybe you know, Adam and the Ants act, and ah, oh, it's just it's very silly. But yeah, she she starts to draw, and uh, we get some more scenes. But then when she hands it over, it's a quite obvious, um, like photocopied photo style drawing. It's not. Yeah. It's not something someone would draw. Nope, nope. She's a bloody good artist, Tegan. She's a good artist. <laughs> yeah, she's wasted as a. As an oh artist. no, no, that's not good. Um, shortly afterwards, Monarch wanders down um, to check out the TARDIS for himself, and we get a nice close-up of him. Usually, when you see Stratford Johns, it's from a distance, and you can't really see he's got these two bumps on his head, but he has. And yes. I quite like his uh, makeup close-up like this. It reminds me of, again, Doctor Who comic strip, but when Steve Dillon would draw uh, a, yeah. a Well, he, he a reminded me like of, um, of Dog Bolter. Is it, is it Dog Bolter? The, you know, from the... He was like the, a froggy type uh, sort of criminal genius. Oh, and smoked a cigar. Yes, yeah. Yes, he reminded yeah. me of him. Um, this is weird as well, because... When they're talking to the doctor, the doctor keeps making references to frogs, and he talks to Tegan and yeah. says, "Oh, um, you know, three frogs." They they don't really look anything like a frog. They were supposed I, to. Yeah, I'll tell you about it behind the scenes. I was going to say, I wonder if if the original idea was that they were meant to. Yes, to they were meant to be, be a bit more froggy than they are. Ah, right. Um, so put him in a beret. Yes. <laughs> he is very Toad of Toad Hall, the way he's stomping around, yeah. though. He does remind I do me like, of... I do like the way he walks about. Uh, you, you can see that poor Stratford Jones was in a, a horrendously uh, overweight state at that point in his career. Um, but I do like the way he stomps around. Um, he's, he, he's possibly another really good thing about this story one of the only good things. I, I do like Stratford Jones. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I like him. Yeah. But the rest of it, that's everything that's around it, I mean, we haven't mentioned, but Nyssa has uh, been led astray by Bygone, hasn't she? Oh, this yes. Athenian. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so this, this mysterious hand touches his shoulder, and then we cut into... TARDIS and Adric's doing his talking to himself acting, which is even worse than his talking to other people acting. Um, and you get a really good over-the-top shot of the console, and you can just see how knackered it looks. Oh, it looks ter- terrible. Yeah, no wonder they replaced it the following season, but oh, it's just, it's shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Adric goes outside and he, he 
he decides to uh, go and find Nissa and get that's where we get the lovely I can't walk down the corridor convincingly <laughs> scene. But yeah, we get we meet Bygone. Um, yes. Who yeah, is the doctor immediately says, uh, are you Greek? And it's like, well, he doesn't, I would, would you naturally go that? He's wearing a toga, yeah, but he's speaking perfect English and he looks like a banker. Yeah. He doesn't look that Greek to me. No, no. And he gives him a nice dinner, doesn't he? Yes, yeah, they give him, uh, they give him some futuristic food, um, which, and this was another um, character trait in huge quotation marks that Adric had that he was meant to be a greedy little bugger and constantly thinking of food. Oh, was he? They, oh, yeah, I didn't oh, know yeah. That. It's, it's in about three or four stories and then they just give up on it. It's like, oh, God, I'm not going to bother. Um, yeah, so so he's straight into the food. Um, and then, weirdly, you get this weird little thing where he, he asks to pass the uh, sodium chloride. Yes. And Tegan's like, what's that? And the doctor goes, it's salt. I mean, what was that about? What, is it, did, they, did they think that the show should still be educational? I do not know. Can you, can you imagine kids the next or the next day at school dinners going, "Could you pass the sodium chloride?" Ow! <laughs> Getting punched in the face. I tell you what's curious in that dinner scene is there's avocados. Yeah. And Bygone says that avocado pears. Nobody calls avocados avocado yeah. pears anymore. I, th- yeah. I guess in the early eighties they were a, a new thing, and everybody yeah. did call them avocado but pears. But don't forget, he's he's a two thousand year old Greek. Oh, that's true. They yes. called him avocado. No one questions that they're all speaking English at this point. No, perfect and, English. And don't give me that Tardis does the thing <laughs> because we then get an Aboriginal guy comes in and he's speaking. In his own one lingo, of, one of the many hundreds of Aboriginal dialects that Tegan just happens to know perfectly. Yep. How did T- Tegan pick this up? I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> perhaps this is perhaps this is one for Wade. We'll get Wade listening and tell us whether most most Aussie. Yeah. Why did you understand can, it? Because yeah. <laughs> it might we might be being hor- horrendously racist here and. All Aussies perfectly understand all the Aboriginal dialects. It would be nice, but somehow yeah. I doubt it. Um, so yeah, so we yeah, all of a sudden this Aboriginal guy comes in, who Tegan talks to, and she says yes. that he's <coughs> on a walkabout on his way to the yeah. Dreaming. They're all going on their way to heaven. To which I'm thinking, oh, that's interesting. Is this do do is, is everybody yeah. dead, and they're on their well, way? It's there. interesting, but makes no sense when later on we see these. So, so they're sort of saying that that this Aboriginal guy is still acting like you know uh, an old style Aborigine. So he's he's you know he's thinking he's on the walk about dream time. He's in a definite. And then we they're quite happily they they show them that they've they've been awake and learning for thousands and thousands of years. Yep. And they can operate very sophisticated computer equipment. And wouldn't it have come up at some point and someone said, yeah, "Mate, mate, you know, you're not, you're, you're not on walkabout. You're or, in a spaceship." Or him go, "Why aren't we there yet? You know, yeah. this is a bloody oh, long walk, isn't it? You yeah. know, we there yet? We there yeah. yet, mate? Um, yeah. So why, why does he? Why does he speak in his native 
language, but none of the others do. Well, you never know. Those those Trojans might, you know, speak Trojan and not English. I don't know. At that point, you've got like a if Mayan... If they spoke too much Trojan, they might be a little horse. Mm. Yeah, no, we did get it. You didn't have to explain it. <laughs> um, then we get a Mayan princess walks in. Yes, yeah. And then this I, is already feeling vaguely racist. Yeah, it? I'm thinking what, 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 what? And then yeah. I've got written Bert Kroc. Uh, Bert Kroc. I put, oh, it's Bert Kroc. I, I just pictured Harry Hill saying that. Yeah. When he wandered in. And then I've put, oh dear, where is this going? Yeah. Because I remembered you had said the week before, oh, this one might yeah. be a, considered this, a bit yeah. racist. Um. So just as I'm thinking, oh blimey, this is what Ian's referring to. All of a sudden, Provine comes in. Yay! Which, as soon as I saw him, it's like, oh, hang on. Blake Seven in character when we did Provine. I remember saying to you that yes, he was Persuasion yeah, in Four to Doomsday. And that came back to me. Yeah. It was nice seeing him again. I had completely forgotten that he was he's in good. it. I quite, I quite like, he's a good actor, isn't he? and I quite, like, I quite like Persuasion. Um, he doesn't get a lot to do, sadly. No, um, but I tell you what... Yeah. It, is that one of John Pertwee's cast-off jackets? Because it's very uh, Third Doctor, it's very, it's that too, green it's velvet. It, when they walk in, it was like, oh my God, it's Human League have come in. It's <laughs> so 80s. Oh, her hairdo is a total yeah. 80s, isn't it? Yeah. And of course, it's persuasion, persuasion and Enlightenment because they have made themselves... Well, they haven't. We later find out that they're, you know, they, they're androids. They're, yes. they, they, they've had bodies made. I don't know who does all the clothing and, and runs those two outfits up. I, I think that there was a, a, a scene that was missing where it was the, the sweatshop full of the Aborigines and the Chinese people on sewing machines with persuasion saying, come on, do it faster, yes. please. So um, that... And this is, the, this is the end of episode, isn't it? It's the end of so episode weird, one. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And I've put pretty good interesting plot looks good yeah. peter's good irritating companions that's my sum up of yeah, episode I think, one. A, I think that's a good summary I, I i would say i mean my my thought at the end of this is you know when they walk on and i thought so okay oh that's okay that's clever they've copied tegan's drawing then i thought what if she was a shit drawer if she'd have done like <laughs> stick people i'd have paid to see stick people coming on well she's an yeah. okay drawer but the doctor just gives her a crayon yeah, or they come in, uh, it, we've met before, it's persuasion, and you go, oh my god, and then turn around naked from the back, because she didn't draw the back. Because <laughs> she didn't draw the back, yeah, yeah that's just, a good... Just Provine's ass hanging out. Um, <laughs> but no, I think episode one is sort of, it's dull but worthy. It yeah. shows potential, it looks good, like I say, the sets are great. You're already starting to think, oh, hang on, what, what? And when you think back what happened in that episode... It's about eight minutes worth of plot been stretched out. So, yeah, the alarm bells are starting to ring. Yes, yeah. And they explain that they, they can change their form and they've changed it to fit in because the last time that they were on Earth, they were met with a hostile reception. Yes. So, so, presumably, them all looking like that means that they're going to fit in anywhere on the planet Earth. Well, they'll, they'll fit in in the Western Hemisphere, yes. Yes. They're not going to, you know, turn up in Soviet Russia. They're not going to go down well, I would think not. Mm. Um, it's interesting, yeah, so so the last time they were on Earth, they kept their green form, um, which 
they've been to Earth, haven't what, four, five At least times four times. Yeah. Wouldn't they? So were they welcomed with open arms before that? When it was only the last time? What we should have done is plotted which, which person they nicked at which point. Well, Bygone tries explaining it, but it all yeah. got a bit confusing. I still don't understand why they keep going to Earth. Well, I, no, I have no idea on this plot, because we, we later find out this sort of weird reason as to as to what they're doing on this point that you know they want to they want to conquer the planet with some poison that doesn't really do anything other than shrink you down to a comic size um but yeah why 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 did they travel in the first place from a banker to earth and then back again and then back again yes and then back again what are they getting out of this well bygone says something about silicon you know and we later find out that that that, that they make, make a great point of saying that Bygone, he, he, he's yeah, he wants to himself, he's on, on three chips. So yes. you need silicon for the silicon chips. So is that what they're doing? They're just going there, mining some silicon, and for some reason taking Only a representative taking, yeah. back. Well, I don't know. Who then they bring back to Earth with them yeah, each time as well. Which, which makes no sense. And why are they only taking a small amount of silicon each time? Is Why it, can't they take more than one spaceship? Yeah. What? what well, is, is it that they're, they're, the pl- they're like filling the hold with silicon, going back, making as many robots as they can? But why are they making the human robots and not the Abankan robots? Well, we find got, out what, there's three, three billion. billion. Yeah, three billion, is it? Abankans on board. Why are they not putting those into the chips in the robots rather than stupid androids that do nothing and can be can be just broken by having more than one of them perform an act at once no mm. anyway yeah. that's it too. yes All right so yeah um the doctor covers up that big black ball so that they can talk yes and yeah, he, he puts his hat over it yeah and then he turns on a sonic yeah. device that he just so happens to have um i do like when you see Monarch talking to the other two and they're both on their thrones either side of him, it's really well done. That's obviously the background is CSO, but it's a huge yeah. high wall. And you, yeah, you do get a great. feeling of yeah. uh, big space, don't you? Yeah, the, the, the set design and the, the way they've done it is really good. It, it, it does give you... It's, it's, it's that... It's almost This is almost that sort of Arthur C. Clarke sci-fi sort of writing style of of the 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 grandeur is everything in it it's you're blown you're not blown away by the story particularly you're blown away by look at the grandeur the size the scale of this um it looks good i i do like i do like the controlling i love as well that monarch and his you know uh, um, enlightenment and persuasion are a bit lazy they're a bit crap as Mm. being because they don't like Oh, the scanner's gone off. What should we do? Eh, let's watch it for a bit. Yeah. Might come back on. I love that, that they're very, very lazy um, conquerors. Yeah. And we also get a hint of, well, sort of a hint that some of what's going on, because there's talk about the talk of souls is blasphemy, according yeah, to Yeah, this, this doesn't really go anywhere, does it? This whole, they start doing this thing where, so Monarch thinks he's a god. Um, and yeah, he sa- he says, yeah, talking of souls, that's dangerously close to blasphemy. And you know what happened the last time you blasphemed, blah blah blah. They don't don't really go anywhere with it. No. It's sort of it's interesting. I'd rather they gone went down that route. 
Yeah. But yeah, they sort of drop it straight away. Yeah, because that's all wrapped up in this thing called flesh time, which we don't really know what yeah, that means at the moment. They do this really weird sort of thing where, yeah, they're talking about flesh time, and then they're saying about the occult and all this sort of stuff. And it's none of it really makes any sense. No. Um, I, I mean, in my notes, I put it's like a it's like a fanfic written by a twelve year old. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Because Bygone contradicts himself. He says he's been on the ship for two thousand years. Then there's an inference and a suggestion that the humans on board are descendants yeah. of those that were taken. Um, and it doesn't nail it down. Um, at that point, that's when Adric and Nissa they're split off from the other two, and yeah. uh, the Doctor and Tegan um, they go off find more Earthlings. Um, and my, my, my writing, uh, my, my, my notes say, where are they all living, right? Yeah. At this point, I don't know they're androids. So I'm thinking, where oh, are their no, bedrooms? Okay. What are they eating? Yeah. You know, how do they go to the toilet? Um, but the next thing I've got, and I've got one, two, three, four, five question marks after it. Oh, dear. A variety show. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, this is, so, so... Malek decides to show them a, 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 I can't even remember what he calls it, but like a, a, an amusement, a, a, a something to keep them entertained. And now, this I don't understand either, because we learn later, they're robots. Yes. Why? Because there's only four, four actual humans that are humans on silicon chips. Everyone else is a mindless robot. Yes, they've only got one chip, haven't they? Yeah, they've only got one chip, they haven't got the personality chip. So are these amusements solely for the four uh, leaders to keep them entertained? And how much entertainment is there in watching the same thing over and over again? Because to be honest, we see this two and a bit times in this one story, and that's enough for me. Oh, that music, that was really getting on my proverbials, that was. Oh, anyway... Um, the next thing with lots of question marks after it, the old bloke, I guess I mean bygone, is yeah. immortal. Well, let's, let's let bygone be bygone. <laughs> so he's not a descendant now. No. He is now an immortal. Yeah, because the doctor has said, I think he said to Tegan Eddie, he said, uh, well, of course they're descendants. And now we learn that he's the actual one that was taken from Earth. So, yeah, it, he's um, immortal. Now, now we're led to believe he's yeah. immortal. Yeah. Right. Then we've got something about Monarch uh, 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 saying that he's trying to find the ultimate, right? Let's talk about the ultimate. But we never actually find out what the ultimate is. Is the no. ultimate, the ultimate answer, is Monarch God? Well, I, I think that's possibly what they were hinting at. But again, they drop it almost immediately and go along with this plot of, actually know what Monarch wants is to conquer the planet, like all the other bad guys. Yeah, it, they never really explain any of the motivations for any of these characters. Um, because, yeah, I, I don't know what Monarch's hoping to do here. He seems to have so many plates spinning um, on plans that he never really explains. I'm still trying to understand what these three characters are. Because they are uh, androids, right? So, yes. so their original form is long dead. 
and they uh, exist. You're talking about the Abankan. Yes. Yeah. So, because, so enlightenment and persuasion have given up the flesh time completely, haven't they? They're they're pure robots. They're pure androids yes. with the chip in them. Um, and later on, they sort of say that they they sort of they hedge both bets by both saying that uh, Monarch still has some flesh time within him, but also isn't. It's like, what, which is he? Well, he should Why have, is he not? Because no. here, he, he's dismissive of the flesh time. Yeah. But at the and very, I, very end, we find out he had yeah. a bit of flesh still in him. Yeah, so that the virus could work. The poison could yes. work. Yes. Um, which makes no sense of, is he meant to be an immortal being? When he's in flesh time? I mean, if he is immortal in flesh time, why is he replacing bits of himself with androidiness? But if they've been travelling all this time, yeah. how long does one of these um, aliens live? Because I don't know. Like, no, these fleshy know. bits would have died of old age by now, wouldn't they? Weird. They just certainly got slightly infirm, you would have thought, wouldn't you? Yes. Well, you it say... doesn't look well, but... No. You say weird. The next yeah. thing I've got written with many question marks after it, dragon dancing. I wasn't expecting oh, to God. see yeah. dragon dancing in this. That's what you want in your Doctor Who episode. Um... This this is this is hilarious as well. Um, so they yeah they go. Uh, he's Chinese. So what would he what would he do? Oh, I don't know. Dragon dancing. That's what Chinese people do, isn't it? It's a wonder they didn't have the Aborigines throwing boomerangs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you get these dragon dancing on, and it's it's the sort of thing you'd like say you'd you'd see at the time in Blue Peter, and that wouldn't it? It's like we haven't got we haven't got many stories for Blue Peter. Get some dragon dances. On. Yeah. It'll be right. And there's a lovely shot as as they as they leave. Um, the dragon goes past, and you see the side of it, and and embroidered on the costume is like the local group's name <laughs> that owns this dragon costume, and you can't quite read it, so I can't pinpoint what location in London they come from. But it's like, wow, this is this is shoddy. It is. I wasn't expecting. And this goes it. on for a bit as well, doesn't it? All these little variety yeah. bits. It's like, is this just underrunning every so. one of these episodes? So we got to stick all this in because we get quite long recaps as well at the beginning of the episodes and that's normally a sign that things have underrun a tad um, but yeah I if you cut all these bits out you, you would be a sort of probably a two part or two and a half parts well I wish it had it been sl- it's snowing is it? yeah I can see our street lamp and it's snowing Ooh. oh well it's better than earlier we had flooding now, yeah, it's, it was raining yeah, it's snow coming down yeah okay you could um, pinpoint. You could pinpoint when we recorded this. Yes. Okay, all right. So I've next written Nissa and Adric find old Greeks operating controls. Each has a silver disc on their hands. Yes. Yeah. E- each one has a, a, a. It's not even well done. It's just stuck on the back of their hands with some sellotape, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. It. They don't explain it much till later. They don't explain it much then. Um, but yeah, this is, these people are not real people, are they? That's the thing. These are the androids. These are the pure androids. But why do they need a silver disc yeah. to show that they are? I don't know. I don't know. I also don't know what they're doing. What What have they been doing for at least two and a half thousand years? Well, they've been working in that greenhouse to get the poison. Yeah. Haven't Which they? they end up with a tiny small flask yeah, of. That's... That's two thousand yeah. years' work, is it? Yeah, you're not. 
you're not going to and it's not contagious at all because the doctor throws it at, at the end and then happily goes over there and puts a helmet on. Down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it makes no sense. And then we get we get this scene where they they've obviously thought we'd better try and explain the timings involved. And it, it just goes completely wrong, doesn't it? It's it, it it doesn't make any sense what they're saying. No. About the the years between the visits no. or yeah, I I don't know. I must I can't remember ever reading the novelisation. I wonder if it explained it all better. No. Well, Probably I not. don't understand. There'll be less. There'll be less uh, less dancing. <laughs> Well, it's not dancing now, because the next bit of variety we get are the gladiators fighting. Yes. We get a gladiator combat. Oh, man, it's a badly choreographed fight. It's not good. There's yeah. worse choreography later, but yeah, yes, no, this isn't true, very yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, one of them is stabbed. And and then we've got yes. an Aboriginal dance next. Yeah, the, the Aboriginal dance is... Um... It, it is, is uh, unusual, to say the least, isn't it? It's, again, it's obviously a like a, a local. Yeah, you, they've probably hired this. They're an Aboriginal dance troupe. Yeah. Um, but it, it's all very, very strange. It is. And um, my notes at this point, I put none of this makes any sense. No, no. You got Tegan trying to act. She's trying to act upset oh over the gladiator's death. Yeah, so she sees someone die and then runs off. Even though there's screaming. no blood whatsoever. Uh, even though she's seen quite a few people die. She's seen her own auntie or something yeah. shrunk down, hasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. But um, he, he's brought back to normal by by yes. the the uh, Chinese folk who are operating that machinery. And uh, Bygone says that it was 35,000 years ago that Monarch's uh, ship first went to Earth. But yes. it, it's getting quicker now because he's managed to speed the ship up. And that's when we get the big reveal, don't we, at the end of Episode 2. Which isn't bad, actually. Uh, th th they've managed to um, do some CSO for his chest and they've done some like wipes as he you know, lifts his yeah, they, face they, off. They've, they've made an effort rather than a normal cut to a prop head. It's better than anything words. we saw in Blake 7, definitely, wasn't it? Yes, definitely. That's not, not Avalon there, is it? No, yeah, there's, there's very little whirring sounds and, and bits of uh, foam rubber going up and down. Yeah, it's not bad, it's not bad. And certainly for the early 80s, it was quite an impressive effect. Yeah, no, I, you can see what they're doing, and no, I, I think it's all right. Um, um, Nissa says everyone, including Monarch, are androids... And yeah. uh, flesh time is gone thanks to him uh, because you don't have any diseases or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. They see it as a plus point that flesh time is gone, that their bodies are gone. Yeah, and Monarch is revealing his plans. He wants to rid Earth of the flesh time. He's going to he's going to bump everybody off and put them in android bodies. Something Adric is okay with, right? Now, I'm yeah. watching that and thinking, oh, Adric's just playing along with this, you know, just to, yeah, you know, yeah. get a bit of information. But we're supposed to believe that Adric actually thinks this is a good idea. Well, again, one of Adric's defining traits was he was completely not an idiot. Because in, in State of Decay, he believes that the vampires are, uh, are good guys and that what they're doing is a good idea. Here, he believes it's a good idea. This could have, this could have been um, a fascinating... I mean, again, another story point that they don't bother following up on. This could have been a fascinating little story, much like um, The Tenth Planet. So, 
if if so, uh, uh, monarchs come into Earth to offer everyone immortality and can't understand that they wouldn't want to give up their bodies, that would be fascinating. Yes. But no, nah, just forget it. Now he's going to poison everyone uh, if they don't agree to it. Mm. It's like, oh, they keep throwing out much better stories that they don't run with. Yep. Yep. I do love as well that he. Uh, I can't. I, I, my notes don't say, but they, they, he switches off the atmosphere or something, and they they start to choke, and he goes, "They have lungs." So you knew that in episode one. <laughs> yes. Oh, That's what happens when you get rid of your flesh time, you know. Indeed. Um, yes. Memory is the first to go. Yep. Bygone also says that he wants to travel faster than light. Yeah, that's his. Uh, that's his defining thing that he wants to do, other than invading the planet. Yeah. Well, after that, he wants to go faster than the speed of light yeah. back to the time of the Big Bang, because he's convinced that he'll before the Big himself. Bang, yeah. he'll meet God, and he is God. Yeah. Which makes mm. no sense whatsoever. None whatsoever. I mean, it, it, and the Doctor sort of poo-poos this, doesn't he? He says anyone that wants to wants to go back in time by travelling faster than the speed of light must be mad. He's like, you're a time traveller, mate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, it um, it all. This is where it all starts to fall apart. I mean, it's been a bit of a ropey episode already. A bit, lots of padding, lots of. But now you realise this. None of this makes any sense no, whatsoever. No. No. Um, what doesn't make sense is um, to become light bygone. First of all, you're hypnotised, and while you're under the hypnotic spell, you've got to tell your whole life story. Which goes onto a microchip, so you have yeah. to. Oh God! Yeah. You have to speak out loud yeah. everything that makes you who you are, yeah. and that's yeah. recorded and put it on a microchip. Yeah, they put you in a hypnotic state, and you recount verbally your entire life and experiences, all your memories, which they record all your personality, yeah. everything, and that that transfers you as a person onto the chip, and it's like no, it doesn't. This is the old. This is the old. I mean, a it's a stupid idea. Can you imagine it? I was four, and on the twenty seventh of January, I went to the shops and I bought some pick and mix. Oh, and the beano. Yeah, it makes no sense. But it's this. It's the old fascinating transporter conundrum, isn't it? That if if you use a transporter in Star Trek, the first time you use it, you are dead. Yeah, and you're and just the, a recreation. Yeah, the being that is recreated is not you. And this is the same thing. They, they, they sort of bygone says, because you've done that, your entire personality is now on that chip. No, it's not. You die. Bygone's dead. Yeah. This is just a. This is just a, a recording. Yeah. This is an audible book of his life. Yes. Wandering about. Yeah. Um, what's bygone's plan here? Because he's scene by scene, he's alternately a stooge of monarch, a rebel. Mm-hmm. He's he's dropping mysterious hints. He's telling people stuff. He's then setting people. What what the hell is he up to? I don't know. Like you say, it it's not well written, and script editing no. could have tightened things up a bit. Yeah, um, I think that's that that's that's. I mean, to be fair, that's that's almost the entire as we as we keep finding that's almost the entire problem with the JNT era, is they just didn't really seem to get any quality script editors of the Terence Dix ilk. Mm. Can you imagine if Terence Dix had stayed on, if they'd have let him stay on and he had any interest in staying on? 
I, I think this whole period would have been much, much better than it was. Yeah, because there's some good. There are some good ideas here. And there's some good lines, but there's yeah. some there's some really oh, duff some lines. Ideas. I mean, when you know the Doctor and Bygone, you know, realise that Nissa is going to be turned into an android. First of all, you've got Bygone exclaiming, "By Zeus!" One of yeah. you is already in there, and then the Doctor goes, "The devils." That's not yeah. a very Doctor line, is it? No. The devils. The devils. That's the sort of thing you would expect in a Doctor annual. Mm. That's the sort of thing that Troutman's Doctor would have said in the World Distributors Annuals. Um, I do like. There's a line in 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 this bit where he says, um, where the Doctor says something like, "Fatuous remark," and I thought, "Ooh, that's the script for you." Yes. Um, <laughs> also, in this, we get uh, we get my favourite thing of the entire episode is the Space 1999 lamps in Moonbase Alpha. There is more than that. You, yeah. you know, earlier when you were saying about, "Oh, the sets are nice." Oh yeah. Apparently, yeah. there's more than the lamps. That come oh, right. from space, nineteen ninety-nine. Because the alien walls are there; they cut the alien wall yeah. panels out to no, make the. No, but apparently, uh, some of the panels, the control panels, oh, are right. from Moonbase oh. Alpha. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Um, all the while, this is all going on. We haven't really said, but Tegan's messing around with the TARDIS. She's gone back. Yes. She's had a fight with Adric. You can't really blame her. Um, no. Goes back to the TARDIS and. Uh, Episode three ends with her leaving. She's managed to operate it. Yeah. It goes. This, this God... is um, yeah. This is another um, symptomatic fault of, of the TARDIS being too crowded. Is yeah, they've got to the point where there's there's absolutely no story now for Tegan. So get rid of her. Yeah, we keep Send cutting back to her. Yeah, you know, yeah, not being able to nothing. operate it. And yeah, yeah. no. So yeah, it, that ends with her going. Bygone is going to be decircuited. Yes, and uh, the doctor's facing the chop. He's going to yeah, have his head cut off. The doctor's going to have his head cut off, and Bygone's going to be yeah decircuited. Yes, which sounds painful, <laughs> perhaps. Yeah. Now, episode four, I only saw an hour or so ago, uh, right. so it's still fresh in my mind. So I don't really need my notes anymore. But oh, good grief! Because first of all, you've got all this terrible staging of the saving of the doctor. You know, first of all, by Nissa with the sonic screwdriver. Yeah. This is to, episode three, isn't it? No, this is episode this four. Is episode four. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, she deactivates these androids by, you know, turning them off using the sonic screwdriver on their silver yeah. discs. Yeah, so, um, yeah, she she says, so oh, what did, how, how did he describe it? They said that the, the graphite in the pencil caused the disc to short circuit which allowed the sonic energy to oh dear to to bite to blow it up or something mm -hmm. um, yeah so like, what no that's that's bad what's also bad is the adric breaking free and standing in front of the doctor to you know to save him it's just so badly staged and so badly edited all of this um meanwhile old stratford I tell you what, Stratford throughout this is he, he is Belkov, basically. He, yeah. Well, character wise fair, Strat Yeah. Stratford Johns was always Stratford Johns. Yeah, that, it, yeah, there it? is that. Yeah, yeah. Um and the TARDIS has materialized, is outside the ship. Yes. But the ship's moving. Just outside the window, yeah. Yeah, it's just outside the window. But the ship's moving, isn't it? So yeah. is the TARDIS caught in some sort of like 
gravity bubble or something. Yeah, let's go with that. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. So we've got more variety show. Just when you think it's all over, we've got more variety yes. show. Um, the Doctor, because he knows he's being spied on by Monarch, pretends to see the light when he's talking to Adric. Adric, of course, by this point, I'm thinking, no, Adric's not... This isn't some ploy of Adric. He actually no, no, he genuinely actually believes, believes him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think where you think he's doing a ploy is because you're watching him and going, God, no one would believe that. That's so obvious that he's making that up and he's not truthful. And then you realise, oh no, that's his acting. Mm. That's that's not Adric acting bad because he's playing uh, along. That's Matthew Waterhouse acting bad as Adric being sincere. So I was stifling a massive yawn. <laughs> this is, you know I'm I, starting to nod off. Yeah. Yeah. Even what, talking about this episode is putting us to sleep. I tell you what, right? This story, it has, it didn't irritate me like some stories we've talked about already have, but it is just so bland. Yeah, it's, it, it hasn't it hasn't got enough anything in it that will that will annoy. Yeah, it's you can't get annoyed at it. You can be bored by it, it and you it, can forget it. You could possibly even enjoy it, but yet it's so bland. You couldn't even its even its racistness is vaguely racist. We're not talking blackface or anything like that, but in its in its portrayal of of this is what Chinese culture is. It's dragon dancing. This is what Aboriginal culture is. It's fighting with sticks. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's so bland in its in everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's not not good. We do get a line then from uh, from the fifth doctor, and he says, "I wouldn't dream of interfering with your monopticons." <laughs> and Peter Davison does a little smile, and I thought they they realise that's double entendre type yeah. lines, don't they? Like, yeah. mm. I don't like him though because when he's trying to convince Adric, you yeah. know, when they've back at the variety show, which yes, is yeah. still going. Um, and they can't be heard. He's starting to get, in, you know, high pitched and whiny, and it's like, oh, oh this is the fifth Doctor. I, I'm not keen yeah. on. Um, yeah, he does get very high pitched. He does. He this. does. But he manages to convince Bert um, yeah. to uh, what's going on. And when we've got the next variety, we've got the dragons. He yeah. manages to sneak out under a dragon with Adric and Bygone. Yes. Somehow. I wrote in my notes, not the bloody Mayans again, because the Mayans come on afterwards, don't they? Oh, no. Oh, dear. And the doctor says, yeah, the doctor says he's got to get to the TARDIS, right? And, yeah, here we are. He he can stand being in space for six minutes as long as he's got air, so he puts on one of those helmets. Adric's got that space suit on. Um, And here it is. Here's the space scene. The scene. Um, which um, at the time this was sort of this was banded about as being a really sort of a really good special effect, and and like people were saying, and it's so scientifically accurate. You don't get scenes so scientifically accurate in normal stuff. It's better than Star Wars. Yeah, it's not it's not really, is it? Uh, no, not really. And yeah, it of course it's CSO. Of course, there's no, at no point yeah. do you actually think, oh, this is. This is real. I believe what yeah. I'm seeing. Um, yeah, you, you immediately think it must have been uncomfortable for Peter Davison to lay on a milk crate in yes. the blue studio while they did this. I do love the fact as well that 
again, probably because it was, you know, running out, you know, not enough script to do anything with. So, yeah, so the Doctor tries, so he's got, he ties a rope to himself and he jumps out the first time. Then uh, Persuasion turns up and starts beating up Adric. And the Doctor comes back, they take out his chip and kill him. He's a bit, bit rough. You that know, that pose so is rough. Is... Poor old Provine. Yeah, what a yeah, way to go out, just yeah, posing like, like that. Stay in the live pose. Yeah. So then the Doctor does the same thing. He's like, he jumps out again, goes out. And then you get the same scene, but with enlightenment. Yes. And it's like, whoa, come on. And then she she actually manages to untie, um, untie the rope. There's a lovely shot where they're, Adric's firing off the gun and they're, they're putting the, the laser effects in, you know, where they where they can and at one point he shoots her right through the head and nothing happens <laughs> they're not well done those effects are well they done, no. um, and nor is the because uh, it's Quantel isn't it they use Quantel for the yes, uh, Quantel. the cricket ball going off into the distance yeah hmm but yeah he throws the cricket ball it bounces comes back the momentum carries him to the TARDIS um, I'm guessing the TARDIS has got an airlock because he opens the door and, you know, well, I, I hope Tegan's so. I mean, not immediately sucked yeah. out. It certainly didn't happen uh, Hartnell and Troughton's time because if you open the door to, like, a vortex or to a thing, you know, there, there wasn't You're in an big airlock. trouble. Yeah. And in, um, in uh, Legopolis, the Doctor lands in Thames and he's going to open the door to flush out the Master's yeah, TARDIS. True. Strange plan, man. That's a story that would be interesting to discuss. Um, yeah, so why why doesn't all the air? Oh, but that would actually that would that would be brilliant. The doctor gets a cricket ball, dun, 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 he gets back to the He opens the door, all the air comes out. Tegan comes out, whew, dead. <laughs> oh, I'd have paid to see that as well. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he gets in. He pilots the TARDIS. It goes back two into the ship and that's where Monarch watches the TARDIS arrive um, and uh, you know he's standing there when the door opens the Doctor and Tegan come out and they leg it the door is left open and Monarch doesn't go in no hmm. I don't know what probably might not fit through the door hmm. but we he's also he's turned the life support off um, yes. but luckily they've got just enough helmets and a space suit haven't they yeah, well, they've got, yeah, they've got a spacesuit for Adric. They've got TARDIS helmets for everyone else. But the, the, the one of the TARDIS helmets or whatever, or no, they've got a spare spacesuit helmet that they need to repair quickly. Yeah. And the Doctor's going to put himself into a trance. That only lasts like 30 seconds. He could have just held his breath. Um, but what worryingly, when they're, they're saying we need to repair the helmet, it's clipping the visor in, isn't it? That's all it is. Yeah. 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 Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh yes, so off they go. They go off to see uh, see our bad guy, and there he yes. is. He's outside the TARDIS, and yeah, like uh, like a pantomime villain. This remind this end bit reminds me so much of a pantomime, and it's behind you. This is all very soldied. This yes. is this is yeah. the sort he's, of thing soldied. Yeah, Mar- would Monarch do. stood there with a gun. Yeah, he's given up on everything else. He's just going to shoot them now. Isn't he? Um, but luckily, uh, Nissa's got the the poison that's going to destroy the planet. Um, and the Doctor just throws it at Monarch's chest. It bursts, covers him. And all the poison does is shrink him perfectly, so he's still alive. But he's sort of action man-sized. Yes. And the Doctor then puts the helmet over the yeah, top of him. Yeah, he because he's still got a bit of flesh time in him, so he'll need some oxygen. 
Yes. But he didn't need it before that. He was happily pointing the gun at him. Yeah. So, I mean, he doesn't die. So Bygone, yeah. you know, and the others, they're going to go off and find another planet, aren't they? Yeah, so, because originally the Doctor says, I'll take you four and I'll take you home. That's, what, what, what plan is that? He's going to take androids. Yes. Back to ancient Greece, ancient Australia. Yeah. How's that going to work? So, even if he could work out, you know, just where they come from, yeah, where, where they come from, and take them there, there they will be, and it will be Highlander, won't it? There they yeah. will live, and everyone around them is getting old, and it's like, what's up with him? He's not getting any older. Yeah, it's, it, it 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 makes no sense the Doctor's plan, and then they go, actually, you know what? We'll uh, we'll go and find another planet, and we'll start civilization again. But your yeah. androids. But you, hey, your androids. All the other androids have no personality, and you've still got four thousand abankans somewhere yes. on the ship. Well, no, well, presumably the silicon uh, chips. Presumably. Yeah, yeah, you've got all these chips, so you're not going to yeah. activate them, are you? I wouldn't have thought so. So you've just um, got four androids on a planet. Yeah, it's almost as if they got to the end of the story and just lost. They went, oh, I don't know. Yeah, they they, they went off somewhere. Hmm. Do you think there's a big finish about the adventures of Bygone? I, no, I don't think so. Um, With Burt Quack <laughs> singing Hey Little Hen. Yeah, I, I'd pay for that. Dear, dear. All right, so the TARDIS leaves, off they go. Yes. Um, I do think, oh, uh, Adric in that spacesuit without the um, without the crash helmet on, he, he looks like uh, a Sontaran in, yes. in that suit. Or, or, or a little baked potato. Oh. I preferred him when he had the helmet on, though. Yes, <laughs> and he was muffled. Yeah, he was muffled. Yeah, yeah. and it ends with um, Nissa fainting. I guess that's just yes. tying into what happens next, is it? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so for the next story, because because they didn't have anything to do with Nissa, and because um, I, pres- I don't know whether like she wanted a whole deal. I, I have been a contractual reason. She was only contracted for certain episodes. Right. Um, she she decides to have a kip for the whole thing, the whole of the next story. She has a kip to get over it in a really? town that you never see her. Yeah, it's mind-boggling. Oh dear. Um, I'm sure it's something to do with um, something to do with contracts that she was there when they contracted her. They contracted her for four episodes less than everyone else for some bizarre reason. All right. Um, okay. Well, we've got that to look forward to as well. We have, yeah. At some point, yeah. All right. So that's the story been, over. I am still awake, so that's good. Yeah. Um, so, um, Earth date. We haven't yes. done one. Oh, no, we did, didn't we? What was that? We haven't done one. We did one last week, didn't we? Yeah, it was we, Horror we, Fang eight, Rock. 18, whatever it was. Yeah, it was like early 1900s yes, Cornwall. Yeah. Here, it's February 1981. Yes. We can put onto the chart. Have we got anyone else in that? Yeah, we have. In 1981, we, I, I think we had decided... Um, we don't know if this is actual canon or not, but we had decided 81 was a good place to put the fourth Doctor um, in the southeast of England for robot. Oh, right. Okay. Yes, because we went with the... It's at least a, a year since Sarah Jane joined. Yes. She said she comes from 1980. Yeah. So, yeah, we went with 1981. Yes, we did. All right, so... Um, old Monarch there. Old Stratford yes. Monarch. Old um, his design. What do you think of his design? Um, I think I think it's all right. I think it's. Um, I, I've seen. Oh, I can't remember the designer's name. Is it 
I can't remember who designed it for this one. But in one of the annuals, it's got the the the, the original drawing for it. And it, yeah, I think it's, a, it's it's quite a nice design. They, they they couldn't really do much with him because obviously they they want to put him in the moon move for some reason. Um, but the mask is really good. I, I think it's okay. Yeah. So design wise, I, it's not great, but it's better than a lot of stuff. I'll give it a six. Exactly what I've got. Yeah. All right. Yeah, slightly above average. Yeah. All right. So that's a six. How effective was the um, monarch? I enjoyed. I, I mean, I don't know how much of it is Stratford Jones, um, because I do. I do quite like the way that he's a bit. He's a bit bored with all. He's a bit incompetent. He doesn't. His plans are slightly mad, and he has some nice conversations with people. Um, so I'm going to go up to a seven. Okay. Well, I stayed at six. Yeah. All right. So that's um, six and a half, isn't it? It is. Yes. Divide that by two. So he has an adversary rating of six point two five. All right. Is there? Which is oh. fair. Just just above average. Yeah, I think it's fair. He is sharing a caravan. All right. Six point. I'm just With writing. Someone this else that's green. Uh, one is furry. Oh. And that's a, a Web of Fear Yeti. He's about the same size as well. Right. Um, one, well, we don't know what colour he is. That's uh, the Celestial Toymaker. Oh, yeah, he could he could be green and or furry, yes. Yes. And uh, we've got one that's blue, and that's Mavic Chen. Oh, right. See, Mavic Chen and Monarch are, yeah. you know, cut from the same cloth i think they could they could compare mad plans couldn't they they could indeed try and top each other yeah 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 so that's where he lives right 6.25 that's fair nice right. caravan try and stay awake eric god it's gone nine o'clock no wonder i'm tired you normally you've been asleep for 20 minutes now, <laughs> all right behind the scenes um matthew waterhouse right yes he felt Adric's reasoning for siding with the villain made no sense, and he resented his character being made to have bad motives and beliefs for no other reason than for other characters to tell him that they were bad. So, are, are we going down the route that he actively didn't put much effort into the acting because he This smacks of explaining yeah. certain choices. I don't go along with that. No, no. I believe this one, where it says his working relationship with Peter Davison got off to a rocky start when he pointed out the mistakes the new star was making and told him that he would never be as good as Tom Baker. Well, that's what you want to hear. Oh, God, he, he just comes across as such a... Twat. A twat, yeah. <laughs> um, like when he's, he, he's trying to explain to Richard Todd how to act. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's... he's if, if, if you... If you can stomach it, because it's it's not the best written in the world and it's quite self-serving. His um, autobiography is, is quite a good read. Is it? Uh, yes. It it reads. He comes across pretty much how you would expect. I think he's mellowed a bit now, and I think he realises it. But he, he does try and justify a lot of of stuff. No oh, right. You know, and it's like, yeah, but yeah, it's it's worth a read. All right. Okay. Um. Stratford Johns was disappointed about how unrecognisable he was as Monarch. Right? Oh, bless him. Now, this, I think this is something that he wanted that backfired on him because he was, you know, uh, so well known as Barlow. Yeah. He 
didn't want it to be recognized. He didn't want people to recognize him facially, right? So the original plan was that he was going to wear a mask, not unlike what Enlightenment was wearing, right? Sure. Originally, he was going to wear a mask like that. But he refused because he thought it would hamper his performance to wear a mask. So yeah. as a compromise, they created what we saw on screen, which is basically a thin latex mask. Yeah. Uh, each Which I think was a sensible choice, to be honest. Yeah. And I did notice, when you when you see him in close-up, especially when he's at the TARDIS, and I say, you know, he's got these nice bumps on his head, you don't really notice them again. And it, apparently, you know, each day after filming, they had to rip the latex off and recreate it the next day. It wasn't oh, a right. mould. So it wasn't a mould. It was... It was, the it was dappled on yeah. each day, you see. Wow. So I, maybe that's why, you know, in some in that some shots he's it, yeah. uh, quite impressive, and others he's not. Yeah. Dep- yeah, depending on how it went on that day. Yeah. He also he couldn't drink while he was on set because he couldn't get out of the costume to go to the toilet in time, so sure. he, he couldn't have a drink. Um, the uh, the Aboriginal dialogue, okay. Yeah. Originally, as it was scripted, it was just going to be like plausible gibberish. But uh, Janet Fielding uh, felt that was insulting, and she requested that the writer consult the BBC's language department to rewrite the dialogue in an actual Aboriginal language. Good for her. Yes, Um, and the one they settled on is a dialect called Tiwi. That's what the guy is speaking. All right. Now, we haven't done this for a little while. We've got two more things for you today, Ian. Um, alternative choices for yeah. roles, all right? For monarch, isn't it? Yes, so these three people, could you see them playing monarch, all right? First of all, Robert Hardy. I could, but I couldn't see him doing it. I don't think Robert Hardy as the actor would, uh, he would have seen it beneath himself, I think. But yeah, I could, I could see him doing it. And right. I could, I, you can sort of see where that's come from, haven't you, with Pete Davidson? Yeah. I, I I think that would have been a mistake from the production side as well, because you're just cementing then that this is Tristan Farnham. In yeah, space from a from a publicity yeah. point of view, that's yeah. not good because that's the no. tack that the tabloids would take, wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah. Oh God, yeah. All right, so that's a no for that. Uh, what about Ronald Lacey? Yeah, I could see him do that. Yep. He, he would have been a much creepier uh, monarch. Yes. Yeah, um, but that that might not be the bad thing. Then we've got Leonard Sachs. Leonard Sachs. Oh, he played um, he played Barossa, didn't he? Or one of them? No. Well, he he played one of the Time Lords in mm. Mark of Infinity. Yeah. Uh, and he was he also the compare for the um, um, the variety show, the, variety the Victorian. Show, yeah. The... So he would have he, he could have he could have introduced the axe on this, couldn't he? Yes. Oh yeah. 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 That would have been funny. Um, oh god. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a good actor. He's, he's all right. Heading, all right. that's who he played, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. yeah. And then uh, for Persuasion, I've got three choices for you for Persuasion. I'm surprised you didn't have Brian Blessed there, because normally Brian Blessed... Yeah, he usually Brian turns up, and he, he's not in these three either for Me Persuasion. Me, frog! <laughs> <laughs> um, Martin Jarvis as Persuasion. Yeah. Oh, I love Martin Jarvis, yeah. He could, he could play He's persuasive, he's isn't yeah. he? He's very yes. persuasive, yeah. Yeah. Tom Chadbourne. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been a very similar role. Like, we like Tom Chadbon. Yeah. And finally, good old Colin. Colin Baker. Yeah. Oh wow, that would have been interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that that would have been interesting. I. 
that would have been. Uh, I'm not sure persuasion would have been the right name. <laughs> um, oh God! I, do you know what? I'm not. I don't know. I don't know whether I could see him playing that particular. I think it would have been so different that it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be persuasion the character no. as he is here. And I, I, I liked yeah. old. Um, what's his face, Shelley? Um, you know. It, yeah, I, I think it's really. I good. like persuasion. Yeah. yeah. A um, little Wait, bit more so. information for you. Um, the monarch ship at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. The well, script. The script. No. Uh, only that it was made by the BBC. It wasn't shipped out. Haha. <laughs> to anyone. Um, but the actual description of it in the script says: a ship whirls through space. It is a disc, thick at the centre and tapering to its edge. And so, what, it's a C-57D? Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what they're describing. It was six feet long, apparently, and it's funny you should mention this at the beginning of the show, it was filmed deliberately to emulate the Nostromo. I, was, I thought that shot looks... It was, that, yeah, it was that's like, oh, exactly that's what they were copying, and, yeah. Those copy, copy the best. Those space helmets that you didn't yes. like, they were made by Unit 22. We've made these. Is that uh, we've mentioned these before. No, no, no. It's another one. We've talked about them before. They've made things before. They're outside yeah. contractors. Um, they made that and the uh, Adric spacesuit. All right. Yeah, uh, so the Adric spacesuit, I think, is all right. And it looks like it's fiberglass. The trouble with the helmets is they're, they're foam. And no, it's not sealed. Quite clearly, that foam. It's foam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, black ball, the Manecticon, there were three yeah. versions of it. Um, the Hero one was obviously CSO'd into the live action. Yeah. Um, and it was mounted on a pole and filmed from the other side so you didn't see the pole. It had a halogen bulb inside and it had a working shutter uh, for, oh, the, yeah. uh, for the eye. Uh, the second one was a dummy one on a wire for, you know, when Peter Davison puts his hat on it. Yeah. And the third was a stunt one for... Um, the explosives that were on it. All right. Do, did any of the hero ones survive? They still exist. I, I don't know. I don't know. And in the script, Monarch is a mixture of a South American frog and a sea anemone. Hence okay, the line about frogs. Uh, okay. Because okay. you don't get that. I mean, visually, it doesn't look like that. No. Um, yeah, I was wondering why they keep. There's, there's about four or five mentions from the Doctor about that he's a frog and it's a frog. Well, there, frog, right? there, there you go. That's the origin yeah, of it. That makes sense. Yeah, so that's it. That's the end of the uh, thing. Um, yeah. So, did, yeah. did you enjoy it? Not really. No, Not really. I, I enjoyed episode one, but then it just got yeah. very, very bland and confusing. Um, yeah, I think that's that's my problem. Is that is that there's not enough story really and what there is makes no sense whatsoever no or or might make sense if there was a bit more explanation to it and you might go oh okay i understand their plans yeah but i just don't get what anyone's trying to do in this no. say from the doctor downwards i do like the doctor to begin with i like yes. that version i wish peter davison had carried on with him like that you know you don't really get that version back until about his last Three or four stories. Oh, right. uh, after he'd given up, after he said, "I'm giving in up, giving up." Right. He sort of he seemed to start having fun playing it again. Right. Right. All right. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just that. Will no. you ever watch it again? Do you think? I was thinking that um, earlier on today. Mm-hmm. I don't think I will. I, I'm, I'm not even that bothered about looking at the extras. <laughs> 
on the DVD. I'm not that bothered about checking no. those out either. I don't think they're particularly interesting either. No, fair. kind of fit in for the story then. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right, so who have we got next time then, Ian? Okay, so uh, let's see if, what, what hint what hint can I do? Um, so these are these are got quite rude faces. They're quite literally twat faces. Um, Oh, are they plant creatures? They are, yes. Is it the one with Honor Blackman in? And it's it on is, a spaceship. It's the Terror of the Vervoids. Terror of the Vervoids. Well which I haven't seen since the 1980s. So, <laughs> right. This, this, was a, this, this was a weird one because at the time I was uh, videotaping all the episodes and uh, I got in late from work and missed half of episode one. So I never saw half the whole of episode one. Until, do you remember that really weird TARDIS tin box set? Came yes, out? yeah. Yeah, and that, that was the first time I got to see the, the beginning of episode one. Really? So yeah, for, for, yeah, for about eight years or whatever, however long it was before it was released. I'd never seen uh, the whole of episode one. And it's a Colin story and all. It's a Colin story, I know. It was like, ooh. Call yourself you a fan. There was, but there was nowhere to go and... You couldn't, you couldn't stream it or anything. No. If they didn't release it on video, you couldn't watch the you thing. You were stuffed, weren't you? Yeah, you were stuffed. You had to make yeah. stuff up. But yeah, I, uh, it, it'd be interesting to see what you make of this one. Well, as I say, I haven't seen it since the 80s, yeah. so I've got, got to go... It? Nope. Oh, <laughs> so... No, that's all right. As I say, these are good excuses to you know fill in some of my knowledge, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, all right. Is it... Well, I'm trying to think. Are they, they are available in separate... No, I'll, I'll, I'll get the whole Trial of a Time Lord yeah. box set because then I've, that's an investment for uh, future stories, isn't that's it? That's true, yes. Because yeah. you know? we're going we're gonna to get to them at some point. Sooner or later we will, yeah. yes. Well, I, I think probably, yeah, with Colin, certainly sooner than some of the other Doctors because it's quite a, a limited episode count, isn't there, for Colin? They most certainly are, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, well, folks, join us next time. Yes, we will see whether the vervoids still terrify us. Did they? Probably not. No, it's called Terror of the Vervoids, isn't it? Yeah, but they... It must have terrorised someone. They might... It might be... They're talking about the terrible design. Is the terror in terrible? Terrible vervoids, yes. Yes. We should find out. Find out in seven days' time. (laughs) All right. Okay, folks. Okay, Ian. Yeah. Yeah, we're off to bed. Not together. (laughs) Yeah, this is way past my bedtime now. Is, I've had a very long, me. busy day, and yeah, I'm flagging. So, uh, but I made it. I got through, didn't I? We got it done. Yeah, yeah we weren't, we weren't going to put it off for another day. No, we, no, we, no, we, no. Have, we might have just given up the whole podcast. That Hopefully, point. yeah, it will be out on Sunday as normal. So, yeah. All right. Okay, Ian. All right. right. Thanks see you that, next. Uh, no, yeah, yeah. See you next time. So I'm getting next I'm very tired. Okay. See you next time. All right. See you. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. <laughs>